Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. This is our first one of the new year. I'm your host, Ed, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about Paris Saint-Germain's hopefully win over Lens. We're recording this in the final few minutes of the match where PSG have a 1-0 lead over Lens. Uh, we're also going to talk about the latest on Kylian Mbappe. We're going to get into some of the, the January transfer market and some of the players rumored to be heading to PSG. So a great show uh, on deck for you. But first, let's make sure uh, that you all visit PSGtalk.com for all your latest Paris Saint-Germain news. We're also on Substack, so head over there. Uh, you can read some columns from myself and uh, subscribe for free. And if you enjoy this show and you listen on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a, a review, we'd really much uh, appreciate that. All right, let's get into the show. Joining me today, we have longtime PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon. Mark, thanks for joining the show. How are things on your end? Um, a nice cold day in New York, but I'm doing <laughs> all right. Hopefully PSG can see this game out. I think it's been a pretty good performance so far. Yeah, not a whole lot to be upset about. I mean, down 10 men, uh, Lanzar, uh, you would hope 45 minutes we could get some more goals. I, I certainly thought there would be more goals, but so that's a little disappointing. But we'll try to update you as we talk. And obviously, when you listen to this, you'll know the result. But yeah. just so you know, we are recording during this match. But uh, yeah, a, a, little you tough, a little tough to sometimes score when they're down to 10. It's like it's sort of a weird psychology when they, they sort of bunker in a little more, the defensively, they're a little more sound and. It takes till later in the game when you can start opening them up a little bit. But exactly, yeah, and it'd be awkward if Lon somehow came back. But as you were just talking, uh, it looks like Kylian Mbappe just scored a really, really fantastic goal there. So uh, PSG should win this up two 0 with a few minutes left uh, in up a man. So PSG should win this, maintain their lead at the top of the yeah. They, get, they go to eight games. I think they go eight points up. Yeah, some of the, the other top teams in the French uh, league uh, lost, uh, you dropped points, so PSG yeah. is certainly capitalizing on that. So that is amazing, yeah, eight, always good to eight, see eight, that. eight points with 16 games left, which, you know, it, obviously anything can happen, but that's a, that's, a, that's a solid lead. I mean, you look at it like if PSG just win 10 of the last 16, games, that probably will be enough. Absolutely. Let's, Again, well, let's as, just get into this, this game yeah. here. So, um, there, I mean, a lot of action here in this first 45 minutes, and then um, we'll get into the rest of the game. But Lons, they had a penalty. They could have won up, went up 1-0. Uh, Donnarumma stands tall. I thought it was a poor penalty, but, you know, don't take yeah. anything away from Donnarumma. Stood yeah. tall, made the save. Um, didn't allow any of the rebound for Lons to jump on and score. Then you had uh, Bradley Barcola, who I thought – might be man of the match, maybe him or Mbappe, but he scored the opener. Um, I thought it was a really great goal assist from Mbappe. Late in the first half, you had Lons went down to 10 men. It was a straight red. It was a tackle on Barcola just on the edge of the box. So just in general, what did you like from this match? Was there anything you didn't like? What sort of stood out to you in this 2-0 uh, win, hopefully? Well, you know, as always, there's big picture, uh, small picture stuff. We'll, we'll start just with this game in particular. I thought that after the first 15 minutes or so where I think Lons were on the front foot, they were attacking, they were energetic. It's a, it's a really strong crowd there. And PSG hadn't won a match at Lons in three years. So a tough place to play in a, in a difficult kind of game. But after PSG absorbed the first, you know, 15 minutes, I thought they were really pretty in control of this game. I mean, Lons had chances, but they weren't, you know, they were free. They weren't in, they weren't frequent chances. They'd have one like once every 10 minutes or so, but not enough to where you ever thought PSG were any, were under any kind of intense pressure or anything. 
So you, you sort of have to give credit, I think, to the way PSG performed in this in this match. Um, solid all the way around. And one thing that you know we'll we'll talk about, I guess, is they've only made one substitution in this entire game, which in a modern football match with um, five subs that usually doesn't happen. So it, it really has been this entire. It's been pretty much, I think, only. Fabian came on for Solaire. Besides that, it's been the same team, and it's we're at a point where I don't think they're going to make that sub. So, yeah, and um, I think um, we we can look at the starting lineup as is it almost looked like Lons almost scored there. Uh, not only yeah, Luis Enrique had to make a couple changes. You know, Hakimi is out uh, for the African Cup of Nations with uh, Morocco, so you know he's having to move some things around. Players, yeah. you know, fatigue. He's got injury. You know, there could be some players that are potentially moving on in January, which we'll talk about. So maybe you're not. Yeah, to they, play they, them they at don't the really moment. have a they don't they don't really have a right back right now <laughs> necessarily. So it's uh, it, it it they're sort of playing these games without full. At least they played this game sort of without a traditional set of fullbacks. So that's that almost makes this more impressive because I think their um, I think their wing play in this game was exceptional and. That that and it sort of goes, I think, to where Enrique's head is right now and how he wants to sort of put his squad together. And it there's a lot of fascinating things out of that, but the performance of Barkala in particular to sort of give PSG some width going down the outside. Dembele was really good in this game. He didn't. I don't think he registered that last assist. Might have been his on the Mbappe goal. I'm trying to remember, but. He he looked really good. Barkala looked really good, and they were able to sort of dictate the pace of the game and keep Lance in their own side. The midfield play, Vitinha's good on the ball. Zaire Emery's great on the ball. Um, so there was a lot of there was a lot of sort of once you got into that second half, Lance had a little bit of a push, but then it was really all PSG pinned Lance in their own box for long stretches of time. They weren't able to sort of tack on the goals, but they were able to sort of cut off any sort of Lance counters that were really going to be of any effect and really, really sort of put Lance away, I think, in the sense that they weren't ever going to sustain pressure. And I think when you're playing a team like PSG that's sort of in the sort of groove that they're starting to get in right now. I mean, they've won, they've, I think it's 11 in a row without a loss. It's been eight wins and three draws. So when you have a team that's in on that kind of streak, it's, um, it's very hard if you're not sustaining pressure and generating quick chance after chance. So again, really solid performance. On the road, too. This might be one of the tougher games they play the rest of the way in League Gun. Yeah, yeah. So to get, you know, to get three points out of this and to get that eight-point lead in the standings, that's a really, really solid job. And I, 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 I think you're now seeing an opportunity, especially with, you know, the Real Sociedad games about a month away to start building some momentum. Sorry about that. I couldn't unmute my mic. I was just going through PSG's recent uh, results. Uh, I think you have to go back to November 7th. The last time PSG lost a match, it was um, at AC Milan, if I'm not mistaken. You know, they've had yeah. some draws and such. But uh, 
really a fantastic run. You know, they began 2024 with the uh, Trophy de Champion win over Toulouse. They they crushed the amateur side, Ravel, 9-0. And then here today, 2-0 over Lons. So you have to like the run that they're on. For me, what I liked in this match is, is just uh, – I thought Barcola, for me, you know, we're all very excited about Javi Simmons. We have a lot of really good youngsters, Warren Zaire, Emery. What I like is Barcola is is just – he's a brilliant footballer. And you see him on the ball. He's like a younger Dembele. He's got all the skill. Now he's scoring goals. I think he is going to be the next version of Dembele. Dembele 2.0 is what we're going to call Barcola. I just think he's a brilliant footballer, and I, and I think we're getting very excited about some of the other youngsters in this PSG side and the ones coming back from loan. But he's a guy that I think you have to keep your eye on. He really hasn't had any terrible performances. Anytime he's had an opportunity to come on, either starting or as a substitute, he's played really well. He's shown very well, and uh, it's just a brilliant signing uh, coming over from Leon. What I didn't like is you mentioned the fullback situation. We really don't have a right back with Hakimi um, on international duty. Um, and so you're having to play Warren Zaire Emery kind of on that out of position a little bit, I would say. I mean, he can do it, but I wonder, are you stunning his growth a little bit? It, could he be better if you moved him more in the midfield, maybe more creative? I don't know. But I, back in, in playing on the right uh, fullback side, I don't think is, is going to be the best thing for him. So. Hopefully we can make a signing, which is why later we'll talk about I don't love Mukiele to uh, Bayern Munich. I think that's just foolish if you don't have a replacement. But um, I didn't. I don't like that. But overall, what I liked from this match was we got the win. We we extended our lead at the top of league on. We're continuing our run. We're winning. We're winning. We're winning. And I have to believe if we keep doing this and we keep playing well, we keep gelling. Again, this is a very new team that was put together, you know, over the summer. I have to believe that we're going to get it together in time uh, for Real Sociedad in the Champions League, and that's really what it all comes yeah. down to. We need yeah. a good performance there. Yeah, and what's what's interesting is that I think over the last few years under um, under Pochettino and then under Galtier, I think this team got worse, sort of in the middle of the season. I think you saw, it, you know, this is a, this is the time where you want to start to see this team come together and feel like a unit that can compete at a high level. And Lance is not even, I don't know, I guess, what would we say Real Sociedad's level is, but I don't think Lance is all that far behind what a Real Sociedad would be. Like, I'd say they were a little behind because they just don't have the players they had last year when they finished uh, second one point behind. But... This was kind of a nice little test, I think, especially before the international break. And, you know, I think they passed it pretty well. And I, and I, I think that fullback situation is interesting. We'll, we'll talk about it. But the fact that they do have at least two weeks until their next game and they've only played four games and they're only going to play four games in January and they've already played three of them. I think it's a good it, – it's the way that the the – the AFCON and the Asian Cup sort of fell. PSG won't necessarily miss those got those players for long stretches, so you'll sort of be able to get away with it. I think, like maybe unlike you would have in years prior, because yeah, you need Hakimi in there. He can be a little hot and cold sometimes, but just as a fullback that stretches the field and can track back defensively, he just gives you a whole layer and. Add Nuno Mendes to that mix. I think, you know, if PSG aren't going to go out and sign 
another fullback. They have to be confident that Nuno Mendes is at least going to be back at the beginning of February. So if you can get Hakimi and Mendes back, like I think that pretty much solves the fullback fullback issue pretty pretty substantially. And it it's also I I think and I'll sort of get to the big picture here because with Bradley Barkala, he's when we talk about the signings that PSG made over the summer, and you have, I think Ramos and Kolomwani were the more high profile signings that PSG made, and Kolomwani was nearly a hundred million uh, euros. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos, I think, was around fifty sixty. I don't think Barkla was. I think Barkla was somewhere in the forties, if I remember right. You could probably look that up, but it felt like Barkla. I always thought that the Barkla signing was a sort of a signing for the future, where it's like, okay, he's going to be on the bench this year. He's going to, you know, maybe get some reps here and there, but mainly he was going to be forty-five million from Leon. Um, yeah. Let's see, Kolomwani was ninety-five from Frankfurt. Um, who else was there? And Dembele, Ramos was the 50. loan that they – Dembele was sort of a, a, a different kind of deal. But, like, of all those attacking signings, I don't think we expected Bradley Barkala to sort of entrench himself in the starting lineup. And it was that game against Newcastle at home where he had, like, seven high-quality scoring chances or some ridiculous number like that, where I think it sort of opened Enrique's eyes a little bit. And, look – I think there's a there's a good faith discussion to have of why Gonzalo Ramos and Randall Colomani seem to be bench guys at this point and rotation players as opposed to you know critical members of your starting unit. But it's very sort of obvious that Luis Enrique is preferring style of play over sort of the individual ability necessarily and. We, we've seen this for years where we would have guys who would start no matter how good or bad they played because of the salary that they made. And you basically had a rut at the, at, you know, you sort of had a, 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 a messy Neymar Mbappe, Neymar Di Maria Mbappe. And no one really ever broke that, uh, you know, nobody ever really broke that trend. Nobody was able to sort of usurp that. And a lot of talent sort of left for that reason understandably because those guys were all really good but it seems like Luis Enrique has sort of put his foot down I think and has said I'm going to play the guys that I think better fit my style regardless of the talent regardless of the money that was spent on them and for Bradley Barkala to sort of become an everyday starter at 19, when you have Kolomwani, who was a World Cup, um, who was a World Cup player, was you know in the game in the most critical moments of the you know World Cup final, had a chance to win the World Cup final, for matter of fact, and you know Gonzalo Ramos, who in the World Cup was maybe Portugal's best player, he was better than you know he's better than Ronaldo was, so to to see that. Enrique is rewarding sort of the on-field quality and not sort of just bowing to, oh, this guy gets paid more or we spent more on him, therefore he has to play. I think that's a breath of fresh air. And yeah, I think we're at a point right now where he's prioritizing 
his style of play over the names on the back. And I think that's a very foreign idea to a lot of PSG fans who are very not used to this. This is not yeah, that something a, that... Well, I was just going to say that was a question from Zaka on our Discord. He, just the lack of integration of Kolomwani and Ramos. And I think you laid it out perfectly there. They're not performing. And it doesn't matter what your transfer fee is, what national team you play for, you gotta perform in this PSG squad with the tactics that Luis Enrique lays out. And so, if you're not doing that, you will be on the bench, and Barcola, at 19 year, years old, is going to be playing. And that, like you said, is a really a drastic change from what we've seen the past few managers. Yeah, and it's a part of it too is that right now, Gonzalo Ramos is not a quality player with the ball at his feet. He's not a dribbler. He's a he's a finisher in front of goal. And if he's going to be in the game, he's going to have to finish. You know what I'm like? If your quality is to be a finisher and you're not finishing and you can't really contribute in other ways, that becomes kind of a problem. And I think Kolomwani is sort of a victim of not really great with the ball at his feet. Not a, not a classic winger. And I think we'll talk about Mbappe when, if, and when Mbappe leaves, I think you'll see Colomwani and Ramos be integrated more because yes. I think it'll make more, you know, they'll have a, they'll have a role to play. Yeah. The problem is, you know, when you're behind Killian, it's like, <laughs> you're just not going to get playing time very often. I, and I do, and as, I when that just on pure, my... Sorry, I was no, going to say, I put that in my latest piece on Substack where, you know, if Mbappe does move on, we're in good shape. That's why I'm not bothered yeah. whether he stays or leaves. If he leaves, we're good. And I think some of these players like yeah. Ramos and Colomani could flourish with his absence. Yeah. And and that's the thing. They're, I think they are more nines and they're not really wing guys. And I think Luis Enrique emphasizes the wing play and wants a very specific type of winger in his system. I think he wants a winger that can carry the play, that can sort of, you know, is not so much about making runs off the ball, but being able to carry the ball into the dangerous areas and create high danger chances. And Usman Dembele is one of the best players in the world at doing that. Like he is a he is a chance creation monster over on that right wing. And right now, Bradley Barkley is sort of matching that on the left wing. And the chances PSG are creating are from those guys being able to beat their guys one-on-one off the, off the dribble and get into the box. And right now, Kolomwani is not a guy that can do that. Ramos is really a pure nine. He's not a winger. So you, you see some of the guys that he's playing right now. It's, the, you know, Canyon Lee on the wing sometimes and, you know, Marco Sensio who sort of can play as a false nine and has, you know, can play well with the ball at his feet like that. I I don't think it's so much that, oh, you know, he doesn't like these players in the sense that, oh, they're never going to get a chance. I just think with what he's trying to install, it makes sense to have those ball possession wingers who have speed on the outside that can create chances. And I, I 100% agree. I do yeah, wonder I, if the Colomwani was that just because he's a friend with Mbappe. And then I also wonder how utterly useless would Harry Kane have been in the system? He he's, can't beat anybody. He's like a, maybe a better no, version I, that of wouldn't Ramos. Have, yeah, that wouldn't have worked. I think I, I think Colomwani 
will eventually be a player that can be useful for this team. Especially if Mbappe leaves, I think Kolomwani can fit right in in that nine role. And then you have, you know, you you have sort of an attacking four of Simmons, Barkola, Kolomwani, and Dembele. That, that, I think, makes sense. That could work. But, like, right now, okay, are you going to sit Mbappe to play? Kylian Mbappe's not, like, he, he played 90 minutes against Ravel. Like... He ain't going it's so to the ridiculous. bench. He's not going to the bench because, and I and I'm thinking this more and more. This is last year, and he's treating it like it. May, you know, maybe let me backtrack a little bit. He's treating this as if it's his last year. Maybe PSG can convince him otherwise, but I think he's going out there every night. He wants to play the full ninety. He wants to carry the team. He wants to set whatever records he can set, and he wants to win a Champions League. And he's going about it that way. And you're getting you know, full 100% commitment and buy-in from Kylian Mbappe. So right now, I'm not taking him off. <laughs> like, I think Enrique understands, look, if I got a year with this guy, I'm going to use him as much as I humanly can. And I'm not worried about rotation. I'm not worried about saving his legs because he might not be on the team next year. So I, let's I may, have, use- I may have taken him off after an hour against the the six tier amateurs. I, I I may have done that, but I see your point. I just think it, we're at a point where it's like I don't think it's kowtowing. I just think it's like, hey, you know, ride the horse till the wheel. You know, hide the uh, whatever the old saying is, hi, hi, ride the horse till it breaks his leg. Like <laughs> at this point, because again, what difference well, does it make? He's not under well, contract that, next year. Well, that's what leads me to my next question. Just overall, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but just with Luis Enrique, what do you think of the job that he's doing so far? He doesn't make as many substitutions as we saw today, and as you just mentioned, he's kind of riding Mbappe every game. Um, But we've got the Trophy de Champions. We won that. It's a trophy. We are on an amazing, you know, we haven't dropped any – we haven't lost a game, as I mentioned, since early November. Got through that brutal Champions League group. Is he the best manager PSG has had since Tuchel? Since oh Ancelotti? yeah, that's that's pretty since Tuchel. Obviously, I think you yeah, know, he's been clearly the best since Tuchel. Here, here's the here's the thing, and I, and I think fans, and especially certain types of fans, really enjoy the idea of substitutions and and see the you know there's there's something about like trying to think with the manager and trying to sort of you know figure out sort of, okay, where, you know, what's the, uh, what's he going to do? Why is he doing what he's doing? It's, I don't think this is very complicated to me. I don't think he's somebody that's against the idea of substitution. I think what's happening is when you pick a, when you pick a starting 11 and you believe that that starting 11 is the best, you know, group you can put out there to win the game. I think it takes, like, I, I I think the idea of like, I'm trying to trying to phrase this right. I think the idea of rotating in a game when your tactics are working is something that managers don't really want to do. Like, he put out a starting eleven that he thought was the best eleven he could put out there. And I think for the most part, he was proven right. Like they won the game (laughs) 
And the idea that you're going to then take guys off that you, you know, sort of preferred for guys that you didn't prefer and you're, you're winning the game because of the guy, you know what I'm saying? Like why mess with something when it's working? And I think that's how most managers sort of look at it. Like if PSG went up five, nothing or, you know, four, four, nothing with 70 minutes and he's not making subs, you know, maybe then I'm like, uh, that's probably not the wisest decision to make. But when you're only up one, nothing and it's late in the game and these guys are the, you know, are playing good defensively. They're not giving up high danger chances. Like, why make the adjustments? And I think Luis Enrique is really doing a solid job of trying to instill a mindset and a style of play, which is something that PSG have lacked for a decade now, an actual sort of style of play. I don't even think the Tomas Tuchel teams had a style of play. I think what he was really good at was game planning for specific games and matchups and being able to, you know, from game to game, try to figure out the best 11 he could put out there to win the game. That's different from developing a style of play that works and that you can use all the time that you can throw out there and that all of the guys that you have on the roster buy into that's different. That's, that's something that takes time and it takes patience and to a certain degree, it takes stubbornness. And I think he's being stubborn in a good way. You're trying to develop something and you to do that. You have to sort of ride with the, you know, 12 to 13 guys that you see as the, you know, the core of what you're trying to do. And then that makes, in theory, makes other players buy in. Right. And you never know who, what players, I mean, they call Moani, you know, you look at his resume. Okay. Great player. You got to pay the transfer fee, whatever, but you don't really know how he's going to fit into your system until you actually get him in there in the training, see how he gels with the other team uh, or the other players in the team. So, you know, I could see maybe maybe that being a little bit of a miss, but I think we're on the same page. At Colomani, Ramos, they're going to get better, especially if Mbappe, Mbappe does move on. I think that uh, those players will flourish. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into a little bit more with Mbappe in just a second, but just to wrap up PSG and Lons, um, PSG now with an eight-point lead at the top of uh, the league on table, uh, Nice in second, Brest in third, surprisingly, and Monaco dropped down to fourth. So, uh PSG, if they just keep on, they should uh, wrap this up, uh, the league, and that'll be another trophy for Luis Enrique. That's promising. And then just one other, um, Kevin Danso is a, a center back for Lons. He's a player that's been rumored of interest of PSG. In this game, I don't know if you watched him in particular, but I thought he had some really good moments. Um, I really like him. He's a physical player, good speed. Uh, to him, um, I don't know if Lons would be prepared to part ways with him, but as we're looking for defensive depth, I was sort of watching him, and I thought, you know, he he could play. He could play for this PSG side, just like when uh, PSG played Lille. I, I saw Lenny Yoro, and I was like, yeah, he he's a player. He could certainly be in this squad. So just any final thoughts on PSG Lons? Well, Mark, do we still have yep, you? No, you might I, be mute. I, I made the same mistake you did with not unmuting the mic. Um, <laughs> so... No, I think this was a, this was a solid win. This was a this was a a game that you really needed to uh, 
Um, I think especially going into the break really was a solid, I keep saying solid a lot, but it, it's true. It's what it was. Like this is a team that is starting to figure it out. And the Real Sociedad tie is what I think the next really big thing that's coming up for this team. And that's where we're going to see if all this work, you know, it has paid off so far. So it's exciting. I'm excited. It's it's a good it's a good time. I think it's it's so good to be a PSG fan right now. So many just interesting, entertaining young players. The future is bright. We've got uh, Real Sociedad you mentioned on February 14th, but you know we host Lille before then. We got to go to Strasbourg. I mentioned Brester in third. We host them on uh, January 28th. So we got some difficult matches before we get to hosting uh, Sociedad. On February 14th, let's transition to um, a little drama because, you know, there's never a shortage of that when it comes to PSG. Um, I think it was last week. It was a uh, journalist, Santi Auna, uh, reported that Mbappe will join Real Madrid in the summer and that an agreement between the player and the club had been reached. Mm-hmm. Of course, this was just uh, like four days after Mbappe himself said that a decision hadn't been made, but that all parties are protected in the event that he does leave. But he said he hasn't made a decision. He's focusing on his football. Um, and then after that report came out, there's been other ones saying like, hey, there, nothing's been decided. No one knows. Like, calm down. What do you make of that report saying that he has agreed? Do you think it's completely made up? It's just for clicks. What is your feeling on the whole situation right now? Well, I mean, clearly somebody told, you know, somebody told the, the Santi, whatever his name is, that, um, you know, I don't know what source he has, but clearly not a source that's too deeply embedded in the Kylian Mbappe camp. Maybe, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend kind of situation. Not, not He's not really, to me, one of the top tier guys. No, when it comes to that. And, no. and honestly, when Kylian Mbappe makes his decision, he's going to make a big deal out of it. It's going to be on like, yeah. if he decides to leave, it's going to be, you know, a not maybe not a press conference, but you'll get a, you'll get a long Instagram post mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe a, a, an article in the Players Tribune or something like that. <laughs> you, you know, you'll know. I don't think he's somebody that's going to sort of. If he's really serious of leaving, I think he'll let everyone know and it'll be a goodbye. But this is the thing with this. And I, I not that I don't care because it, he is the best player in PSG history. And he may possibly be the best player in PSG history for a very, very, very long time. So to me, it's like, I think he's, besides not winning the Champions League, which is obviously, you know, you, you'd rather him have won the Champions League. But he's done everything he can do at this club. And he's been, for the most part, a model employee. He's been a great ambassador for the game in France. He's, you know, he set all the records. He's, this season he scored 20 league gun goals, I think. He, he's going to blow past 30 probably. And... You know, he's set, he's done everything he can do, and he's played seven years. That's a long time. That's sort of like, you know, Ronaldo at Manchester United kind yeah. of tenure. Came uh, 2017, like, summer of 2017 from Monaco. So he's been here yeah. a long time. It's not like he's, you know, left after two years and said, you know, see, screw you guys, I'm going to a better place. Like, he's committed a good chunk of his life in prime of his playing career to Paris Saint-Germain. I can't ask much more of him. 
honestly, I can't ask much more from the guy. So and, if and this the fact is that he's giving up a loyalty bonus so that, you know, PSG, if they if he leaves on a free, we may not get a transfer fee for him, but we're going to save, you know, between I don't know, 70 to 90 million euro. That's not nothing. And so he is helping in that sense. So, you know, give him yeah, that, too. He, yeah. And I he, think he certainly that, doesn't have to do that. No. And it was a standoff at the beginning of the year that sort of led to that. And I think at the end of the day, that standoff is, you know, going to be you know, what it was. And I think that I do think if we're talking, you know, the Mbappe meter, how much confidence do I think he's staying versus leaving? I think it's probably like 70, 30 that he's leaving. And I think for a while, I think PSG really feared the feared that possibility. And I think it sort of hampered what they've been able to do, you know, in the long term to sort of set things up. But they're in a much better place than they've been. And if he leaves, I think he should get a hero's send off. I think the fans shouldn't boo him. I don't think the fans should think any less of him for wanting to do something different after seven years. And if he could somehow, you know, lead us to a champions league victory that, you know, that cements him as maybe the greatest French player ever. And that's saying a lot, but that's, you know, that really leaves his legacy intact there. Yeah. So it's like, I, it's not like to me, like the drama part of this is sort of over to me. Yeah. If he goes or he doesn't, it's what it is. And I think he's earned that right. And PSG have set themselves up in a way where they're able to, I think, absorb the hit maybe better than they would have absorbed it again. You know, it's hard to replace the best player in the world, but it's, possible you know it, it you can you can sort of restructure the way you do things and it's good that they have a coach that is not sort of reliant on having all these stars to be successful very well said and i think that we talk about he came in 2017 just here in, in the United States, we we had some shakeup of things that we didn't think we'd ever see, at least probably not for a, a while. You know, Tuscaloosa is a long ways from Paris, but Nick Saban stepping down in, in New England, you had Bill Belichick. These are two of the, the best coaches leaving the teams that they've been with. So, like, change does happen. And, you know, I know that's a, that's a weird comparison, but change does happen in sport Players don't always stay with the same team. Coaches don't always stay with the same team. Players move on. It's just a natural thing. And so I'm with you. I don't know if I put it as high as 70-30 because I, I would say it's probably 60-40 that he leaves. I think PSG still have a, a fighter's chance to keep him. I think Mbappe will look around and like what he sees. He's been here for this long. Maybe he will continue to stay and, and fight. I also think the emergence of Bellingham at Madrid, does he want to go there and sort of play second fiddle to him? I'm not so sure he's going to want to do that. We know about the image rights. You have the Super League junk. I don't know if he's going to want to go there. We know how much Mbappe loves France. He loves his country. He's going to be uh, at the Olympics. We know he's going to be playing with France um, in the World Cup in 2026. And we got the Euros next year. I, I just think he's so entrenched with his country, with his national team. And as I've always said in others, winning a Champions League one at, at PSG means way more than winning the, the 15th or whatever at uh, Real Madrid. I think that means something to him. So I think if PSG can keep improving – 
hey, maybe they get to the semifinals. And then, and then with Javi Simmons coming back next season, maybe he does stick around, sign another two-year deal. Why not? But as I said, as the start this rant, change does happen. If he does move on, I'm not worried about it. We're going to save a little bit of money. We've got some really good young players, Barkala. Uh, we've got uh, Javi Simmons, as I mentioned, Kenyon Lee. We're going to be okay as PSG supporters. PSG will still compete for the Champions League. All is not lost. So don't get upset when you see these reports come out. Just know that they don't have any real information. They're trying to generate clicks. They're trying to get people all riled up on social media. They don't really have any information. I'm not so sure that we'll have an answer from Mbappe before the end of the season. I don't know if he, he'll want to do that. I think he'll want to play and then take his time a couple weeks after the end of the season like he did last time, and then make his decision and and go from there. And the fans want to give him a send-off if they feel a certain way, then I'm sure they will. But I think that's the way Mbappe is going to um, play this one. Mark, I want to get just kind of sort of tied into this Mbappe story. And it just kind of leads into this back and forth with the football media. I mean, you had the story, what was it, Thursday or Friday, that PSG and the Jordan brand uh, that's owned by Nike, that they – were parting ways and that they were going to move to a, a team maybe in the Premier League. And then a report like an hour later comes out and is like, yeah, there's there's been no talk. They they The partnership is great. They're not leaving. They may add a Premier League team, but no one's parting ways in between Jordan and PSG. Just any thoughts in general of this like foolishness from the football media right now? Well, um, before we go into that, just a little quick correction. Um, PSG is going to play in the Coupe de France on Saturday. So I thought there would be an international break. There is currently no international break that week. They're going to play U.S. Orleans mm-hmm. in the round of 32. So is it Orleans or Orleans? Orleans, uh, New Orleans. Yeah, Orleans probably. That's probably. I know in New Orleans you don't say New Orleans or else you, you'll get kicked out. Don't say New yeah. Orleans in, in Louisiana. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. What were you saying? Well, okay. But just make that correction. Anywho um, – yeah, uh, foot, football media, some clowns. I, I think that's, uh, I think that's the best way to describe it. They're very clownish, and it's not about accuracy. It's about, it's about clicks and engagement. That's what it's always been about. So it's like, you know, again, it's especially PSG, bad with PSG. I feel like because there's no one. I guess there's not a big English-speaking fan base. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I I, I have a an understanding of how big the English fan base, uh, English-speaking fan base for PSG is, and I feel like they can get away with it because there's not a big blowback. I actually think the 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 larger problem in that regard is that I think in England and in Spain and in Germany and in Italy, the the media, the actual in country media is way more um the 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 relationship is more cozy and you have outlets that are basically intentionally positive towards the side they sort of pick which side which team they want to you know basically cover and cheer for and they basically act as press agents for those clubs so anytime there needs to be news that breaks anytime they need to destabilize another club they can easily just call a reporter at those news sites and they can basically just do whatever they want i think historically in france the french media is way more adversarial so i don't know if psg necessarily has allies in the media necessarily in france so i just think a lot of the times there's you know a lot of the times there just isn't that um 
that that outlet that you go to sort of as that has the PSG slant to it. But also just from the English side, I think PSG is just an easy punching bag, honestly. Like you need villains. It's so true. And they just need a villain to to, you know, like you know, currently watching the playoff game. Like you know, it's it's Green Bay and Dallas. And Dallas is, you know, the most overhyped over you know, covered team in in the United States of America. Just as a disclaimer, Mark Damon is a New York Giants fan. <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of people that would agree with me on this. I, I'm pretty sure this yeah, is I'm not a controversial you. opinion <laughs> that basically the Dallas Cowboys are covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, that's not me as a Giants fan. That's just me as a football fan going, here's a team that hasn't won anything since the Bill Clinton administration. And <laughs> they get more coverage than every other team in the sport combined. They are America's like team. I yeah. also I also love that in this we've mentioned uh, uh, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, and the Dallas Cowboys. You yeah, we're just lo- we're just PSG losing talking. everybody here. We're just we're just we're slowly running people off with our American uh, football references, which is exactly what people who want to listen to a PSG podcast come for. <laughs> well, I want to get into this next topic because it's something I've been tweeting about a lot. Um, you know, it's about the January transfer window. There's really not a whole lot of big names being rumored right now. Newcastle's Bruno Gamerez, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, felt like a possibility for like three days, and then that's fell off. I think it's going to, the price tag is going to be too high. But the rumor I want to get your thoughts on, and I'll start with it, is um, Nordi Mukiele to Bayern Munich. This is one that's been picking up steam. Fabrizio's kind of like winking and saying like, "Here we come," is almost ready and. And I'm just like, why are we even answering the phone when Bayern Munich calls? They they are a potential matchup in the Champions League. I don't think we be, should be strengthening them whatsoever. I also think that we need Mukiele for depth. He's a very versatile player. We don't have a lot of depth in our back line right now. I think it, getting rid of him hurts us and strengthens a potential competitor. I don't know why you do this deal unless you – have a player lined up that you think is better that you can 100% sign in January. That's my thoughts on that. What is your take on Mukiele to Bayern uh, potentially? I, I don't think I've heard necessarily that the only thing I've heard from the PSG side of this, which is really the only side that matters is that PSG would be willing to let him go if they could get a replacement. Like Mukiele can agree to personal terms all he wants. Like it doesn't really matter. I can tell you about that. You can agree yeah, all you want. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can agree to whatever personal terms you want, whatever imaginary fake contract you want to apply for. You know, like PSG have to make the, there doesn't seem to be a, a necessarily a an, an an urgency on PSG side to like get rid of him. This more feels like a guy who's not getting playing time at PSG and wants to try to go somewhere else to get playing time, and that's understandable. Like, Mukiele sees himself as a starter. You know, he sees himself as a guy who can be in a starting 11. Although, I don't know what's, you know, is he making Bayern Munich's starting 11? Like, am I, am I missing something here? Like, from what I can who, see, their their fans are really wanting Mukiele. They're excited about it. So they must have a need. Um, I don't follow Bayern too closely. I think yeah, the other like, thing is they want it to be alone, just alone. But I think the hangup is maybe PSG wants to include some sort of obligation to buy, which Bayern's a yeah, little. Yeah, well, if I'm PSG, on. like, and I heard the sort of the rumor that they would want, you know, somebody like a Joshua Kimmich in the, uh, in going the other way. But like, yeah, that's not going to happen. To me, this is one of those where it's like, I, I don't 
believe necessarily that PSG's really there's an urgency at all here. Honestly, like there just does not seem to be an urgency for PSG to make this to make this move. It just seems more like Mukiele and Bayern are trying to get something going. Like I'm pretty sure they'll probably send him out in the summer, to be honest. But I don't know if necessarily it's going to happen in the winter, especially if they don't have the depth to replace him. I don't think they're that stupid to just let a guy go and not get a replacement. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think this this. Uh, management group is more competent. Like, and you know, Luis Campos is far more competent than anyone they've had in that role. You can agree or disagree with some of the decisions he's made, but he's absolutely a competent person. Like, <laughs> so like, I wouldn't worry too much about this. I, I think with Mukieli, like he's not going to be a starting fullback for them when Hakimi and Mendez are healthy. And, Right now, their center back situation's a little murky, but he seems to be behind guys like Danilo and Lucas Baraldo and Lucas Hernandez and Marquinhos. So, you know, there really isn't a place for him, I think, in the squad long term. So I understand why he'd want to, you know, why he'd want to leave. So, yeah. you know, but let's. You're under contract. Let, so. Let's 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 see if there's more traction on this because I, 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 again, Bayern can agree to whatever personal terms with the player they want. PSG have to sell him. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a two way, th- there's no release clause here. So it's not <laughs> like they can just buy him. Yeah. There, there's been rumors, uh, Galatasaray's, uh, Sasha Bowie, I believe, yeah. uh, he's a right back, uh, France international contract expires. Well, that was a funny one because there was a yeah. report out of Turkey that's like, He's agreed to personal terms and he's ready to leave now. And then they were then like a report an hour later was like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> I, I think, you know, Galatasaray would probably want a significant transfer fee, but he would yeah, be, I think like, he'd be a great signing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I think they're going to do, I, I do think they're going to get another, well, the Moscardo signing still has to happen. He's getting the, the foot surgery. So, I'm assuming that's going to happen at some point, and then they're going to need to sign a probably a backup fullback somewhere along the line. So, you're still what uh, f- half of half the month left. So that, I still think they'll probably maybe it won't be a big flashy signing, but they definitely need someone for depth purposes. So, I, I would say you know whoever that would ever happen to be. Like, it's not going to be sort of a big impact. There's not going to be a big impact player coming into the squad in January. I just, that that's not going to happen because they A, they don't really have the finances at the moment to do it. And B, I don't think you need, necessarily need to do that. I think they need to, you know, fill out their depth a little bit, maybe. <laughs> Obviously, we're short on fullbacks. But, you know, I don't, again, I don't see a need to sort of shake up the roster. I tend to agree with you. I also wonder, we always tout PSG's academy. I think that, that you know, the fullback position is certainly something that those leading you know, the academy and, and the young players, we need to start identifying players that we could bring up because fullback is a very difficult position to find in the transfer market, and it's a very expensive one. And so I think if we can yeah, start this to kind the, of but, homegrown... But this is the thing. PSG have their two fullbacks. This is not True. a situation where PSG are... 
in a in a spot where they don't have fullbacks. They have two of the best fullbacks in the yeah. world. Well, one's injured and one's on international duty, so we need yes. a little depth. <laughs> you need depth. You need and you can find guys with depth. Like it's not necessary to like. Oh, we need a fullback so desperately and so badly. It's like no, PSG have the fullbacks. They just need to like get them healthy. I'm with you. Let's get to a couple questions here. We've got some really good ones. Um, uh, PSG Talk contributor, we've had him on a few times, uh, James at its underscore JCJ. So he he wanted to know Bartokola. We we already did that. Um, he wants to get some Donnarumma thoughts. Um, and then he <laughs> and um, one of my favorite Twitter handles at Nude Smellingham. They're wondering about Danilo. Should he be a regular starter? So let, let's start with Danilo. Regular starter for you? Any thoughts on his performance today? Um, I think in a perfect world, he's not a regular starter, but I think he's he's good in certain games. Like he can be, he he's like, he's to me like a perfect rotational, like yes, he's going to start, if, if PSG played, you know, 45 games a year, He's going to start like 15 to 20 of them, something like that, and then be a, a rotational guy otherwise. I don't I don't see him – like if he's playing 40-plus games for you, that's probably not good. But if he's sort of selectively playing in the right kind of games against the right kind of teams, like that, that can work. That's That to me is a good guy to have as a, a squad rotational player. Agreed. I, I don't think I want him to be a regular starter, but he is so good off the bench. And like, if there's an injury or a suspension, and you're like, okay, we got to put Danilo, Danilo at center back or put him at defensive midfielder, you, you're not really worried too much. Like, he he's performed at a level that you don't, you're not concerned if he has to come in. You don't think PSG loses a whole lot, but he also doesn't have that like big upside to him. He's not going to drastically change the game. You may not even notice him on the pitch, which is to his testament. He goes out there. He does a job. I think he's great. I don't want to see him leave, but I also don't know if I want to see him as a regular starter. So I thought, no, um, I, I, I yeah. like th- there's, there's guys that are like 15 to 20 game players a year. And I think that's what Danilo is. Like if he had to play every week at center back and against teams with really good mobile front threes, like you saw it in that game today, you know, it was kind of a soft penalty, but he's not somebody that's fast. He's not someone that can track necessarily. He he's a good guy to have when you're sort of bunkering in and need a body that can, you know, make a play and break up a pass and stuff. Like that to me is his that's his his strength. And he's, you know, a pretty decent ball mover. He's not like an all-world level ball mover, mm-hmm. but he can do enough. But like I, I, the way PSG are going with their their youth, it's like a kid like Lucas Baraldo. You know, I want to see a lot. I want to see more of him. Yeah, like I, yeah. I didn't get to, you know seeing him play against Ravel wasn't really. Um, it didn't really say much because that game mm-hmm. was completely meaningless. But like, I I, I really want to see Baraldo get some minutes in because he seems like he can move. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's a good passer. And Marquinhos is clearly, you know, still a good center back, but he's lost a step. He has a lot of mileage on the tires. So, like, you know, do I really want Danilo to play a lot of those minutes? Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. you, you got to have to think of how you want to, how you want to look the squad to look going forward. To go into Donnarumma, like, 
th- this is sort of the the classic point, and I've sort of I think I think I've brought this up on the show before. I'm pretty sure I have. It's like he's not as terrible with the ball at his feet as everyone thinks he is. He's had some high profile mistakes for sure, but it's not like the guy's a baby deer on ice skates out there. He's, you know, he can, he can be functional, not exceptional, but functional. And just my opinion, I think the point of a goalie is to stop the ball at the line. I don't think the point of the goalie is to, you know, be this amazing ball mover like I, I, if I had to choose between the two, I'd rather a guy that can make stops and, you know, you sort of see it at Manchester United where David De Gea was great for all those years. And they were like, oh, well, we need a guy that can move the ball. And so we need a guy that can play with the ball at his feet. So we'll get rid of him. We'll bring in Onana and Onana has been pretty awful, honestly, like th- that to me is yeah. it, it, like, you really have to be careful when you have a goalie who can stop the ball at a just elite level. And there were some saves in that first half where, you know, they weren't all world saves, but they were comfortable saves. And he made, they were difficult. They were moderately difficult saves that he made look more comfortable and sort of the skill, even on that penalty where it was not a great penalty, but he read it well. He didn't dive one way or the other. And the fact that he was able to sort of get down on, like drop to his two knees, like deflect the ball out and then get back on his feet and was able to sort of alt, you know, like there was, there was, there was definitely, you know, there's, there's a real skill that he has that isn't something that you just find off the street. Like to be an elite ball stopper at the line and to make those kinds of reaction saves is a difficult job. For a goalie, and I, I'm not like all that anxious to get rid of a guy like that for a guy who may be great with the ball at his feet, can make some pretty passes, but is not a qual is not gonna make that big save when you need him to make it. And that's the thing, Donnarumma's been clutch. Like he makes clutch big time saves with pressure. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to find. Those guys do not just grow on trees. It is an absolute rare thing to have. You can count them on one hand, the amount of goalies that are as good as Donnarumma is at stopping the ball. And to get rid of that guy, you really have to have a goalie that has all of the intangibles and all the tools. And the guys that have had those over the years, I mean, okay, Kaylor Navas was very good, but I would not say that he was an elite ball stopper in his prime, because I do think obviously he was playing for super elite teams that sort of, you know, I never thought as great as he was. I never thought, Oh, Real Madrid won all those champions league champions leagues because of Kaylor novice. Like that was not everything that was ever said by anyone ever, but okay. Let's look at the guys we're talking about prime Buffon, which is, I think the closest comp to what Donnarumma could end up eventually being, so you're telling me your 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 plan, if you're 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 the GM of Paris Saint Germain, you're the sporting director. Your plan is to get rid of a guy who's 25. He's not even 25. Give me what his age is. He's not even 25. I don't think. And 
has the chance to possibly be the next Gianluigi Buffon, who's one uh, of the 24. best goalies. Yeah. 24. Who can eventually be the next Gianluigi Buffon to get what? To sign who? Just because he can play the ball at his feet, a guy that can play the ball at his feet better, but is an inferior shot stopper. The only guy where I'm like, okay, who's the best goalie of this generation? In my opinion, it would be Manuel Neuer. Because yeah. Neuer can do yeah. Neuer is one of the few guys in the history of the sport that can, you know, maybe like that Russian goalie from the 50s, maybe the one they named the goalie award after. <laughs> but maybe him. But like the guy you're looking at, the 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 sort of has it all is Manuel Neuer. How many We're, Manuel Neuers do you know? Well, and that's my, what my point was like, what's the opposite of like the golden generation or whatever, whatever the opposite of that is kind of what we're in now. How many teams have what you would say is a world-class goalkeeper that they love and doesn't make any mistakes like a, a Manuel Neuer? Like there's just not that many. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of looking. I think I'm with you. I, I, I agree with you. I don't love Donnarumma again with the, the ball at his feet. It's not great, but I also think a little bit mentally, he could be a little weak at times. We see him get shoved off the ball by Benzema against Real Madrid. So I think he could be a little tougher, a little mentally strong. Um, if he were going to leave, I, I would only say let him go if you can get a, a Mike Mignon, just because he was at PSG. And I, I like players coming back who are very high quality, who kind of have the club yeah, in their heart. If we I, could get him I, to come back, sure. I, I don't I don't mind Mike Mignon, but Mike Mignon is not the goal, the shot stopper that Donnarumma is. He's just not. Yeah. He's not, not. He's he's not. And this is the this is the point. Like you can't I, I'm very reluctant. For a lot of years, PSG had very crappy goaltending. And they finally got Navas, who was the best goalie they've had probably since, like, the 90s. Since I, I, I know the guy's name is just escaping me at the moment, but probably since the 90s. And then they finally get a guy like Donnarumma, who's flawed. But I'm not—I don't want to play goalie— um, goalie We don't, we don't have chairs. Kevin Trapp. We don't want Kevin Trapp. Yeah, we were playing with Alphonse Ariola and Kevin Trapp, like and Salvatore Sirigu. Like, I'm sorry, these are not all world goalkeepers. These are these are replacement level guys, just guys you can find on the street. And I don't want to be in a situation where I'm playing, you know, where my goalie is just a guy on the street. So, you know, that's what I would say to that. All great. And I think just going back to Danilo, uh, James was just wondering about his thoughts, especially like when joining the attack. I don't know if he joins the attack too much. He could be a nice kind of, you know, That's transition. I, I, think point. A, I think he's a solid ball mover. Uh, yeah, he could he can push the ball into the attack. I also think, you know, we, we sort of vertically challenge. I think if he can get into the box on set pieces where we are woefully poor, I think any height in the box where we can get a header yeah. potentially would help. So I think well, that to me is the flaw there. of the, the, the flaw of the team yeah. is that they can't, they are very bad at, at um, the one thing you lose when you lose Neymar and Messi <laughs> is you become a far worse set piece team corners and free kicks. Yeah, we're so bad. Like that's, it's that's, so bad. but you know what, but that was to be expected. Again, if you're going to get rid of those guys, you absolutely have to, you know, you absolutely have to assume that you're going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then uh, <laughs> James also, he had a great question, and I'm going to read it exactly. He said, Solaire and Ruiz, question mark? That's the question. Well, 
<laughs> okay. Uh, not to, not to, I don't want to spend three hours on Solaire and, and Fabian Ruiz. <laughs> please but, don't, please don't. Okay. But here's, here's, here's the thing. They play, they're, one, they're Spanish, which means they fundamentally, just by being Spanish and being on the Spanish national team and playing for Luis Enrique in some form or fashion, have a fundamental idea of how to play that style. Right. So are they as talented as some of the guys they could be playing? Yeah, probably. But fundamentally, they understand what Luis Enrique wants. Therefore, yeah. at the be- especially at the beginning, this is like, I'm going to make another football reference. Yes. Like, this would be like, um, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles, so he never ended up playing. But this is like when Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and they sign Randall Cobb and all these other Green Bay guys. They're not signing those guys because they're like the best players they could find. Those guys are playing because they know the system that's being played and they know how to run the proper routes and they know how I to. I gotcha. That makes they sense. They know. They know. They know the chemistry of the system they're trying to run. Yeah. So to me, like that's exactly why we're. Um, that's exactly why those two guys are playing. They're playing mm-hmm. for that reason. So they they always have either Solaire or Fabian Ruiz in the game. Mm-hmm. And you know if those two guys aren't in the game, then Marco Asensio's in the game because you need one guy on the field that knows what Enrique wants and can communicate it to the other players. So that's really that's what that's all about, for the record. And and they are good passers of the ball. They're technically pretty yeah. good. I just they, they don't have mind. They're not explosive speed. players. They're yeah, not. They're not. They're explosive. Not, you know, they're not the best player you could put there. But again. You don't always want the best player you with the most talent. You sometimes want guys who are good for the system that you're playing. Yeah. And if they're they're not a headache in the locker room, yeah. if, you know, they're not causing they're not crazy expensive wages. They're good players to have in the squad. I know we don't love them, but we don't need to love them. It's sort of yeah. like Danilo. These are good guys to have on the bench. They are they have good quality. They bring something to the team. Yeah, you know, maybe they're but not going to be here long term, but we'll most say. importantly, they understand the system. Yeah, exactly. That's really exactly. what it is. It, it's they can be great guys and all that. They understand the system that is being played. That's that's the main reason they are there. Yeah. Well, so far, so good in 2024 for PSG. Thanks for uh, everyone who sent in a question. Really appreciate it. If we didn't get to yours, we'll do it again. We'll do a little mailbag. You can send in your questions. Uh, Mark, any final thoughts before we let you run here? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm watching this football game and I got this sort of weird smile on my face for some reason. I can't, can't necessarily tell you why, but, um, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but this is, uh, this could be a very nice when you can see, um, you know, a Real Madrid, the Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees, any of these teams lose. It's always a good thing. Hey, watch that. Watch the game. Yankees haven't won in a while. They, they're due. That's fair. Yeah, well, they could maybe just yeah. real quick on that Real Madrid uh, Barcelona. I saw you tweet. I had no idea that was on. Do they ever release the ratings for this? They had it on the main ABC channel. Who yeah. was watching that? I, well, I had you no know idea. What? I think it's gonna. I actually think it's gonna draw because I think that that you know if the the although honestly the Spanish speaking audience is probably gonna watch it on like Telemundo or Univision or something. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that's the thing. 
I don't know if that's going to rate very well. There was no appeal for the average fan. You know, PSG has yeah. Mbappe. Everyone knows Mbappe. Yeah. You know, if you had you know Inter Miami. To, you know what we need to talk about at some point? I don't What's know if, we, if we're, we're running over time here. We really do have to talk about the TV rights. Because I think that's a big, the, the league on TV rights, I think that's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Very important I, to get into at some point. Let's save that for another topic, because I, I yeah. do love that. There was a little bit of information, but maybe we'll let it simmer, see if anything yeah. else comes out. Because next season, we do need a new deal with somebody, and who knows who it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so we need to get into that, for sure. We'll save that for another yep. show. But uh, Agreed. Anyway, Mark Damon, you can follow him at Mark Damon 9 I'm at PSG Talk. Give me a follow. Check us out. We're all over the web. Just click on our link in our bio. You'll find us. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time, bye for now. Wait a minute. That's my line. Let's all try right, it again. All right. No, we're um, keeping all this in. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and that was Mark Damon. You can follow him at Mark Damon 9 Of course, I'm at PSG Talk. We're all over the place. Just click our link in our bio. You'll find us. All right. Until next time. Au revoir for now.